Hello friends, this is T. This is Burning Tarot. We are out in the woods with a lot of wind today. Let's see if we can put up with that. I've pulled a card today from the Burning Tarot deck for us to think about. But I also wanted to address um, a question that seems to come up a lot with folks who are starting to get into tarot and wondering how to proceed. The question that I get uh, has to do with, well, whose system should I follow? Or people just want to know what system and tradition that I personally come from. I'm planning to do uh, some audio files that will serve as little webinars on this subject in the future. But in the meantime, I just wanted to address it quickly. Oh, and how do I address it quickly? I personally, T, Tiffany Lee Brown, Miss Magdalene of Mystical Mayhem, have learned in a lot of different ways over the years. If you want to hear me rambling about some of my beginnings in tarot, I was recently interviewed on the Plutopia podcast. That's P-L-U-T-O, Pluto, Plutopia.io, Plutopia News Network. And I kind of get into it there a little bit. And what you'll hear from my rambling story is that I came at it from a lot of directions, or I rather feel like it came at me tarot, astrology, and multiple mystical and psychedelic journeyings all simultaneously. Sometimes when I'm asked about the tradition, I feel that the querent really wants to know, uh, am I following Arthur Waite or Aleister Crowley? Do I have a particular philosophy that you can just read a book about? And especially, am I aligned with traditions such as the OTO, the Golden Dawn? The answer to all of the above is a kind of no, not really, but I've dipped my toe in a lot of different puddles. I would say my approach to tarot is primarily intuitive and experiential. So that means I learn from what the card is trying to tell me in the moment. I learned from how the card turns a key. The card, sometimes the, the Trump or Major Arcana cards are called keys. It's kind of fun because I really do feel like the cards are a key. They open a door. And each time I use that key, the door is different. Or I open the same door onto a different scene. These are, a door, these are doors between worlds, between possibilities. Therefore, they're always changing. Each moment in which I draw a card is a different moment from the last one, and certainly for each person that I draw a card. So if you're a beginner, or maybe you've been doing the cards a while, or getting readings for a while, but you're feeling shy, feeling like you don't have the right or the confidence to trust your own intuition about cards, I would just say keep practicing. The information is trying to flow through us 
and the cards are just one of many different little keys that can open these doors. In terms of books and websites and things, I would say um, I'm more fond of Mary Kay Greer than anybody else, I guess. That's G-R-E-E-R. She's got Mary Kay Greer's tarot blog. She's written a bunch of interesting tarot books. And she's super into the historical and technical aspects of all this. So I love that. She's a researcher. She's a super tarot nerd and a very experienced reader. I don't agree with all of her approaches to readings. Uh, Some of what she describes is a little bit more of a kind of therapist role than I like to take on. And particularly since I started doing readings as audio files rather than conversations, you can't say, if I nail something on the head, if some information flows through me through a card to you, and it really fits your life situation, You can't say that I'm just reading cues from your physical presence or your tone of voice on a phone call because you're not here. We're all dealing with the disembodied realm. So um, I don't agree with some of what Mary Kay Greer says that, that really relies on having, wow, listen to that wind. Some of what she says really assumes that you're going to have this conversational relationship with your querent. And um, I don't think the cards have to work that way. But mostly she's great. She knows way more about cards and tarot and history than I ever will. And I encourage you to look there if you're looking, if you, if you want that bolster of confidence or just you're just super curious, you know. But largely, I think you're going to be stuck with either you're going to let these cards serve as a key to open a door or not. If these cards do not open doors for you, I would recommend uh, stepping away from them. You can return later, perhaps. Uh, You're basically talking about like woo-woo, intuition, psychic stuff. And if you're not ready to have that stuff flow through you, I think it can be a mistake to pursue the cards and to just give readings that are based solely on what we would call cookbook style interpretations. So you like memorize what the cards are supposed to be. That can still be useful to people. You might even be accidentally channeling the woo while you do that for someone like, oh, I don't know how to read tarot, but I'll look it up here in my book. You can sneak some woo-woo in there. But largely, if if you're not in a point in your life where you're able or willing to let the woo flow through you, then, uh, you know, don't pretend that it's time to turn into a tarot reader, you know? Still play with them. That's my advice. I hope that is useful to people who've been inquiring about that. And now I want to talk to you about today and our card. In our last Burning Tarot podcast, I'm really calling it a podcast now. I've decided to stop calling it a fake podcast, even though the production values are not particularly high, my friends. Uh, So on the last podcast, I pulled two cards that were for us to contemplate throughout the month of June. I still stand by that. Give that a good listen. But I'm going to be pulling some cards here and there throughout the month, and I hope this will be useful for all of us. 
our little handful, our people. So things are opening up after uh, being in lockdown, where I am in in the wilds of Middle Oregon. It's a bit of a confusing time because it's hard to know how safe to be or what safety even looks like. Out in the woods, it is gorgeous. It is the height of spring, spring collapsing into summer. Things are blooming that don't normally bloom out here. There are many layers of green, greens and blue greens and grassy gray greens. It's a lovely time to come out here and contemplate with and for you. Today I pulled the Two of Swords. I used the Burning Tarot deck, so we have sort of a humorous and playful rendition of the Two of Swords, but it's still the Two of Swords. In this case, the Two of Swords is telling us, is showing us, is representing to us a guardian a guardian at the gates of very deep, very intuitive knowledge. This guardian might be internal to you. It probably is. A time is opening up now this week, and if you're following astrology right now, you already know stuff's getting crazy. We're having quite an eclipse season coming up, and it kicks off um, this week. So there's whatever. Lots of astrology to, to follow. I will try not to go down that rabbit hole. So I think that's part of it. It's just a time when a great, vast, deep, dark, and rather murky realm is trying to open up to us. It's there available. You know what? It's there and available all the time. But this week we'll really feel it. Sometimes that's very uncomfortable. There's a lot of mystery and uncertainty in this realm within us. Um, it often provokes anxiety. It can also feel fun and exciting. Depends who you are and where you are in your life and your journey. You may be experiencing a great deal of kind of deep, uh, troubled, murky thought and feeling that isn't even really yours. It's either coming directly from other people or it's part of our collective murk that we are clearly confronting right now. The Two of Swords is here at this point to say, hey, put your hands up. You're not, you can't just walk into this murk and learn from it and get what you need from it by just walking right in. You can't avoid the damn thing either. So you're at this crux moment where we're being asked to close our eyes to what is obvious, to mask our eyes. To open up to that which we can see, sense, and feel without something as obvious and external as our eyes. This is the only way to process the murk. The murk cannot be processed by clicking 
you know, posting a black square on Instagram. Two of Swords tells us, well, we want to think about this. We want to come to some good compromises. We want to talk and write and think our big thinky thoughts. That's going to happen anyway. But I think Two of Swords in this case is saying none of that's going to matter. That, that will not matter. That will not change your soul or anyone else's soul or the course of history unless it is rooted in this darker experience that we all need to have. And what do I mean by dark? Some people think that's racist, the way that we use that in, um, in our whole history, in our culture, in our stories, the idea that darkness is somehow bad doesn't have to do with skin color. It has to do with veils and hiddenness. It has to do with mystery. When you wander around at night with not much of a moon to guide you, it's dark. It doesn't have to be evil or bad. It's just dark. So when I say darkness, that's what I'm talking about. And we can metaphorically turn that into, you know, um, heart of darkness you know, stories that do turn the vibe into racism, but I don't think that's necessary, nor do I think we have to completely abandon the metaphor of darkness. It's a reality. It's not just a metaphor. So within us, there is a nightscape. The nightscape is kind of wonderful. It's a different mode of being, and we can see the little points of stars in the sky that otherwise don't appear to us because our big bright sun is blotting them out with all its brightness. The sun creates brightness and big shadows. Our inner darkness, our mystery, well, it's a place that our culture really just hasn't carved out much space for. Doesn't really teach us how to go in there and deal with. Some of you have some very good tools for that. I know that some of you are yogis. Some of you are uh, trained Zen. What's the right term? I don't even remember. Monks? Priestesses? <laughs> Whatever it is you guys do in Zen. You know, so, so you guys have uh, tons of tools. We even have tarot, right? There's a tool. We have meditations of various kinds and traditions. Um, but culturally, we're usually trying to blot all that out. The culture wants to take the mystery and the darkness, including the tough, like, mm, the shadow side that doesn't feel so good, that can turn bad and evil, and just manifest it as, like, big, crazy, tragic stories in which horrible things happen. That can be quite cathartic. But it doesn't give us a guideline for how we are to go into our own personal dark place and learn stuff and then come back out. Some of the stories do, actually. I mean, there's, you know, the hero's journey types of stories, Chapel Perilous, Jesus, you know, people, people go into the underworld and come back. I'm talking more about our personal underworld right now. This card to me today is speaking to kind of an adventure that we want to have within ourselves. It's really easy to get distracted and make that be about the society as a whole. Make that be about health, 
make that be about systemic racism, make that be about a public conversation. That stuff's all fine, but Two of Swords is here today to say, look at your inner mark. What is in you? What can you see only in the dark with your eyes closed? I think that's our big question. And let's also think about really paying respect to our swords guardian who kind of stands at the gateway right now between us and the inner murk that we're perhaps afraid of or just haven't taken the time to go deal with because we're dealing with the larger darkness of our culture. So this would be a very good time to acknowledge all the beauty that we get from our inner guardians, from our amazing brains that we definitely overuse in a culture that's very air swords oriented. But those brains and that way of thinking can bring us a lot. And the two of swords says those thinking processes can help us align with each other but also align with ourselves. This gives us a feeling of security before we go into the serious murk, which is not the territory of clear thought, of easy words, of slogans, of bumper stickers. It's a different realm, and it's very emotional. So our minds are actually going to be our gateway to emotion. Sometimes the mind is just a uh, is just doing its monkey mind thing, or it's putting up screens and and distractions and trying to keep us out of our deeper and subverbal selves. In this case, it's just trying to provide a gateway. So let us give thanks to our various guardian angels, to our inner guardian minds that keep us from getting trapped in the murk all the time. It's hard to be there and be functional in this world. So they serve a very valuable purpose. Maybe you could put something positive on an altar, if you do an altar, that really speaks to the element of air. And just give, give some thanks for air, for swords. I sometimes use a pen or a quill to represent swords. Um which should tell you a little bit about where I've been getting in the most trouble with my swords lately. It's definitely my words. Apologies to any and all of you I may have insulted any time, including during this little podcast. So let's, let's honor air and swords. Let's honor the fact that that can be entree into something, a different realm of self. And then I think, let's go there. This card is here to tell us we're ready. We're ready to pass through that gateway. There's going to be all kinds of gateway action because of astrological this and that. Not just this week, but in the upcoming weeks and perhaps months. So using this as an opportunity to go deep, to explore, and I think to not really have to be that afraid even if we uncover things that we're uncomfortable with. We have this kind of mind self at the doorway, at the gateway. Let's acknowledge that self and then go, go beyond it. So if you do a meditation 
a ritual, uh, some way that you take in that concept and go deep, I would be very interested to hear what results for you. Especially if it resonates in the upcoming weeks, you can always email me, burningtarot at gmail.com. As I think you know, it's just a handful of us who are who I'm doing these readings for. And so I do like to hear from you directly. By the way, I am done with the backlog of readings. So I am available for personal tarot readings. And I'm going to extend the May 2020 discount code. I think it's, it's till uh, June 7th. So you have until June 7th to use that for a discount. It says it, uh, it says it's expiring in May, but if you go through the checkout process on the TiffanyLeeBrown.com website, it will let you put in the code and use it through June 7th. For those of you who usually just send me a little something over PayPal instead of using the store, that's totally fine. I totally prefer it. That's great. <laughs> Keep it up. Do it that way. Um... I really appreciate all of you supporting me during this difficult time. And I have much love for you. I'm looking up at the wind in the pines. The blue skies dotted with white clouds. Some of which seem to be coming from airplane contrails. Because those are back. Airplanes are back. Things are opening up. As we open up. I hope we have a good time anchoring in and going deep, too. Much love. Bye.